Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and you are going to love today's episode. It was my joy to be able to talk with Esther Marino. Esther has over 20 years of experience in children's ministry, and once you hear her story, you will see how she's been in ministry ever since she was little. She is a trained teacher, speaker, and author. Her latest book, Children's Ministry in Crisis, creates space for kids' ministry leaders to honestly assess their leadership and how they are impacting the ministries God has entrusted them to lead. In this episode, we laugh a lot, share a bunch of stories, and do not shy away from the hard conversations. Before we jump into the conversation with Esther, I am so excited to share our latest resource. Now's the time where kids ministry leaders and student ministry leaders are working together to bridge the gap between kids and students as we celebrate our graduates. And so I created a Promotion Sunday gift guide. If you are wondering what to gift your graduating kids, whether they are fourth, fifth, or sixth graders, don't hesitate and check out the gift guide that we've created. We've even added a little small section for those graduating preschoolers as they head into kindergarten. You can head over to kidsministrycircle.com and find it over on our blog. Now on to my conversation with Esther. Esther, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited, Lauren, to be hanging out with you guys today. Great. Okay, so why don't you, <laughs> why don't we start this conversation by telling our listeners a little bit about you? What are you doing for your career? How did you get started in this kids ministry world? Tell us about your family. Tell us all the things. Oh my goodness, everything. I, you know, when people ask me how did I get started. And especially in children's ministry, I always say I was forced, of course, <laughs> like most people. You know, I grew up as a PK, Lauren, and my dad, actually, his ministry was to broken churches. Like that was that was his position in the denomination. So they would send us growing up into like the most marred, like drama-filled places. Mm. That was just absolutely crazy. We would get there. It was my dad's job to get it back, you know, to optimum health. And then as soon as you got comfortable and everything seemed okay, they would pull us out and we would have to go into another psychotic uh, space, you know, in the church with leaders. Once again, marked with drama. So I always tell people growing up in the ministry, I got to see the I never say the good. I say the bad, you know, the the ugly, the the bad, the ugly, and the uglier uh-huh. <laughs> in the church. But it was it was crazy to see, you know, when your windows are busted out because the church secretary was mad at my dad. So when oh, you're no. trying to drive home and you have no window or your tires are slashed because the choir director is mad that my dad made a change, you know, about something that they're doing. So it's really crazy. But God had always kept me. I always still had this this huge love for the church. And obviously, like any good pastor who has growing daughters, he forces them to do children's ministry. <laughs> yeah. And I always, I always, I always loved it and it had this huge love for children. So actually, when I went to seminary, my mother cried. She's like, oh my goodness, ministry is like the worst. I mean, she is just thinking about my dad's experience and she is just in tears. And she's like, this is like the biggest mistake. You need to go to school, to medical school and be a doctor or try to be an attorney. Or I'm like, I married one. Is that good enough? I think oh, totally. she's happy about that. Yes. But yeah, it was it was just crazy. But when I went to seminary, I'm around all of these pastors. I mean, some of the pastors I went to seminary with are like, senior pastors of mega churches that are on television. But I was sitting there knowing that as soon as I get out of here, I'm going straight into one of the most fertile mission fields in the world. Children's oh, I love that. ministry. So I was a su- a super excited. And now my mom, years, you know, fast forward years later, she thinks I'm adopted. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. What a great story. I love that. Okay. Tell us about your family really fast. Yeah. So I am a mom of like two rambunctious, crazy kids. My daughter is 
just turned into a preteen. Oh and my she goodness. She, so she is like 11 years old going on 21. So I've realized the Lord has given me a new ministry in this season to not knock her out because she yep. is in that phase with the attitude and talking back and really coming from a place of just uh, ministering to her and actually mm -hmm. practicing what I preach and what I write in all of these books, all of these oh, years. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, husband, phenomenal i have a fantastic husband who uh is an attorney uh by by trade but really he is a undercover minister of the gospel of jesus christ which i absolutely love doing ministry with him and that's my family they are we are a hot mess if you could describe us in one word it would be hot mess but it is an amazing hot mess and i would not choose to be in anybody else's hot mess but this family's hot mess <laughs> oh that's the best i can totally relate i have my kids are five and two and i am always like okay, what am I telling volunteers? What am I telling kids ministry leaders to do in their <laughs> Sunday morning programs? And I'm like, I just need to do that at home. Like, what am I doing? Talking, I need to Lauren, like- Lauren, can I tell you during the pandemic, it was so funny. So, you know, everything shut down in the church. Uh -huh. Like everything shut down, children's ministry shut down. So all the children's ministries are panicking. How are we going to reach the kids and the families? And I remember I was like, oh, my goodness, what are our kids going to do? How are they going to learn? And my husband is cracking up. He was like, um, I don't know children's ministry extraordinaire. <laughs> Maybe you can teach your own kids. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. You can like, contribute to all this. this curriculum and you write all this stuff for children's ministries across the country. And oh, when it's time to so teach funny. your own kids, you're like, oh, OK, that's important, too. <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's exactly how I feel. So Esther, you've got a handful of books, but we're going to talk specifically about your newest book called Children's Ministry in Crisis. Now, I want you to kind of let us into why did you write this book? Book? What brought you to this idea of children's ministry in crisis? Give us a little backstory of how you kind of got the idea to create this resource. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll say, I'll start with myself and my own deficiencies and leader, you know, or as a leader in children's ministry. Um, obviously, you know, I, I, you know, I think that you become an author, you end up doing all, and I know Lauren, you know, cause you do so much stuff, but you end up building these platforms that people think that you're like the self-proclaimed expert. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, I'm able to write books uh, because I have so many deficiencies. Yep. <laughs> I have uncovered so many deficiencies as a children's ministry leader that I am able to fill the pages of now five books. <laughs> but also to know that I'm not alone in this. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going through, if I went through this, if I had this deficiency, how many other leaders are are going through this and yeah. obviously lauren you know we've just been hit by a a global pandemic and there's still churches to this day that are still trying to recover from that huge hit they're struggling with with volunteers they're even beyond that they're struggling with even getting a leader to lead volunteers for their children's ministry mm -hmm. departments and it really feels like we're in this crisis mode and part of me naming the book children's ministry in crisis was to really, you know, um, draw people in, not not in such a way as to scare them. Like, oh man, I, I'm in this crisis situation, but really in a unique way to help leaders to really examine their own leadership deficiencies mm -hmm. and how that may be feeding more into why maybe the foundations of their ministries might be crumbling, which I, I know is, is really hard because, and I, I start with myself, I'm the first person to say, hey, uh, this is this person's fault. Okay, let's just let's just keep it real. <laughs> this is not my fault. Yeah, like, all these things are happening. Why well, I don't have the help I need? Why? Like, boom, 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 boom. But to look at our own deficiencies. Now that's huge. Mm -hmm. To stop and say, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, you know we are in a season where we have to completely reinvent the yep. way that we run children's ministry. And if we're going to do that, it has to begin with us as the yeah. leaders. Yeah, I love that. There were so many things because you kind of begin each chapter with some questions to ask yourself. So like symptoms of being burnt out and all of these, your chapters are so good, but you start with these questions 
And I felt like I, even as I was reading it, I could say, yes, I felt that at one point in my ministry career, or yes, I have felt that, or yes, I have seen friends who have felt that. And I thought that was so good to allow leaders who are reading this book to say, oh, no, no, I can focus on me. I can focus on me and my leadership ability because we can blame our ministry on COVID forever if we wanted to. A hundred percent. You can only blame things on other people for so long until you're like, wait, I can think about myself as a leader and work towards improving the way that I lead others, the way that I feed myself spiritually. We're going to get to that chapter because that chapter was so good. But just all of these questions that it's like, okay, no, if you've been called to lead, you've also been called to steward well. Yeah. yeah. And that means investing in yourself as a leader and asking the hard questions. And so I thought they were so good and I could relate to so many of them. Now, My next question is for the kids ministry leaders who are reading this book and they're reading these questions and they're saying, yes, 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 yes. And they get to the end and they're like, I feel like I could, I'm struggling with every single one of these chapters. Mm -hmm. And they're saying my ministry that God has asked me to lead is in crisis. I'm feeling this tension. I'm feeling burnt out. Where do they start? Oh, that's such a great question. And, you know, Lauren, I'll say, and it sounds so practical, start with Jesus. Mm, and I, and yeah. I know that it sounds like, well, duh, I'm in children's ministry. It's all about Jesus. But the last chapter that I wrote in the book had to do with being spiritually dead. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's a strong statement yep. to say that, but I say that because I've been there Yeah, where I'm doing the motions of ministry so much and I have allowed these motions in ministry to completely take place mm-hmm. of my own personal connection yep. with God. So now I haven't invited the presence of God into my space. I'm not praying over my space <laughs> when I go in on a Sunday and it's time to set up and get ready. I'm not praying over the chairs. I'm not thinking about Lord how how can I draw a, a, a child closer to you? How can I yep. inspire, uplift, or encourage a volunteer? Because I've completely allowed myself to become disconnected from the source. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would say is make sure that your relationship, your your personal relationship, not your, I, I didn't say your ministry, but your personal relationship is on lock yeah. with Jesus. Lauren, I learned this. I had a conversation with um, Jim Wyman and everybody calls Jim Wyman like the godfather of children's ministry. And it's so funny. And he's like, that's all you have to do is live long enough. And they'll call you the, the queen mother of children's ministry. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm having this conversation with him and we finally get to meet and, and hang out and have coffee together, just me and him. And when the, we're in this coffee shop and I remember I'm like, I am with the godfather of children's ministry. He is about to pour. I'm going to get as much wisdom. I'm an empty cup. For mm-hmm. as much wisdom, I am going to be quiet. I'm going to let you share with me on how to be absolutely amazing in children's ministry. And he kept coming back to this question, Esther, how's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, that's great. Good, I guess. Hey, tell me about how to recruit and retain volunteers. And yep. he's like, but Esther, how's your relationship with God and the Holy Spirit and your connection? And do you understand? And I'm like, this man is crazy. And then I realized after it's over that God was using him to bring me back because I had gotten to a spiritually dry place and yep. it had painted everything that I did in ministry. It, it had, it, it had this, it, it taken away my joy and my zeal because he is my joy. So mm-hmm. it had caused me to, to push back when it came to being a growing leader to push back when it came to investing and, and creating authentic connections yeah. with people. Because I don't want to talk to people. I don't like people right now. I just want to go home and take a nap after church. I'm exhausted. Like, yeah. it affected, I didn't realize me pulling away from the source was affecting my leadership mm-hmm. in the way that it was. So I, I would say start there. I would also say make sure you have strong accountability, mm-hmm. you know, uh, around you. And I'm not just saying your friends who you like. 
to hang yeah. out with, you know, or or a couple friends at church. But I'm talking about like really strong leaders that you keep around you to encourage you, who uplift you, who inspire you, who push you mm-hmm. uh, for more. I think that that is so important. And we hear it all the time, Lauren. We hear people say what they say the uh, the five closest people to you. You begin yes. to reflect who they are. Yep. And it's so true. You really do begin to reflect those people. And I would say part of those five people that I have around me, I have children's ministry colleagues that are not a part of the church, but mm-hmm. they are a part of other, you know, local churches, but I also have uh, uh, children's ministry uh, mentors and influencers. I part of my group, I have someone in my group who makes me cry every time I talk to him because he's like, get up and stop being a cry baby. And this is what you need to do. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like wiping tears. And I mean, it talking to him never hurt so good because yeah. every time I get off the phone with him, I feel like a stronger leader and I'm ready to face that every, everything that is a, a challenge before me. And, you know, one of the biggest things, Lauren, so often when we read a, a, a book, that we feel like, oh, this is loaded or, and not even a book, go to a conference and, and you feel just like overwhelmed by a conference. You're like, oh man, I learned about so many things that I need to be doing. How do you eat an elephant one yeah. bite at a time? But yep. we have to give ourselves permission. We this is the pro- We don't give ourselves permission to take those little bites because we feel mm-hmm. like we have to be perfect. I'm the leader. People are trusting me. They're depending on me. So we try to do so much and become the master of, of so many things that we become the master of none. Yeah. Just make yeah. one, one tiny change. One thing that you've learned, an insight that you've gained. Say this week, I'm going to do this. That's what I'm going to do. I'm yeah. not trying to change all of who I am. Yes, I know that there are deficiencies that are here. But this week, Lord, I invite you in. Help me with this one thing. And yeah. then the next week, and I and I put that in the book where I talk mm-hmm. about doing it every week. And then yeah. next week. I'm going to do that and this. yeah. And then the third week, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm going to try to incorporate this. And I'm not going to do it alone. I'm yeah. going to get help from other people who are around me. Just, just making changes little by little. And then you wake up and a year has passed and you've completely transformed your leadership. And not just your leadership, but the lives of those around you who, who mm-hmm. God has entrusted into your care. Now they're they're full, they're whole because of these changes that you have made in you. Yeah. So I, I just I think that we have to be careful putting so much on ourselves, saying yeah. I I got to change overnight. I suck. I need to change overnight. Like, mm-hmm. uh, please believe if you have made mistakes in children's ministry, if you are deficient in your leadership, please know that you are going to learn from the best. If you when you read this book, you are going yeah. to learn from yeah. Moreno. And her deficiencies, like uh-huh. we all have deficiencies. If you meet a leader, it ain't no self-proclaimed expert. If you meet a leader who acts like they have it all together and they yep. never made no mistakes in that area, they're a liar <laughs> because yeah. they have. We all make mistakes. Yeah. We've all fallen short from the glory of God. From, we've all fallen short in our leadership journeys. And, and that's okay. But just because you're here. Today does not mean you can't be in this dynamic, uh, thriving place in your leadership tomorrow. Yeah, I love that. And I think really practically, one thing that I love to do when I walk into a space and I'm like, oh, so much needs to change. Just like you said, it's so easy to say, people are expecting me to change everything tomorrow. Or this Sunday, I need to have all of these things fixed and all of these fires put out. And I feel like if you, as a leader, just stop gather some people around you and maybe that's your boss or your coworkers yeah. or your team of lead volunteers and say, Hey, these are the steps that we're going to take yeah. because I feel like sometimes people are so afraid as leaders to say, well, they're going to think I'm not doing anything yeah. because there's nothing tangible that or visual that they can see changing. Yeah. But if you were to invite people in, I love that. And just inviting people in bringing in accountability and saying, okay, team, this is what, these are the top Mm -hmm. five things, the top seven things that need to change over the course of either this semester or this year and say, Hey, here's how we're going to do that. We're going to do it one bite at a time. Yeah. And, and so that other people are in and they can start to see, Oh, Lauren and her team made this one change. And I, I, I feel like so many times when 
you tell people things, they're more prone to see it. Just like that whole philosophy of like, you get a red car and then you see red cars yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you begin to see these changes happening over and over again of it's, it's okay to let people in. It's okay to let people in and say, Hey, here's where we're lacking. Here's where I'm lacking as a leader. Here's yeah. where I feel like our areas yeah. of improvement. Let's link yeah. arms and do it together. And Lauren, I love how you mentioned, here's how I'm lacking as a leader. Because yeah. we're scared to say that. Oh because yeah. You are hundred percent right. The first position that I got, I remember in, in children's ministry, I, I was reading the books. I, I was, I went to the conferences. I learned you supposed to build a team, get them together. I, it was a new culture. I didn't, mm -hmm. I, I was the outsider brought into this space. I, I didn't get hired from the inside. I had to learn a culture. I invited, I remember I invited all the parents to come to a meeting because I wanted to share with them my heart and, and, and just some things and how we can work together to make this one of the most thriving children's ministry departments, you know, in the city. And I remember there's a parent who's like, you know, that sounds great, but this is your job. You know, this is your job to do this. <laughs> this isn't my job. And I remember that I let that paint my the beginning of my mm. leadership journey. Yeah. And th this this distorted stinking thinking, <laughs> you know, of of this church member completely made me think, oh, this is on me. I gotta do this. I I I have to. I learned in the beginning that. I couldn't be a leader with deficiencies. I had to be perfect. And look, if I did have deficiencies, which I had a lot, I had to hide them and yeah. pretend I didn't have them, you know, and that I had it all together. But ultimately, I mean, I think we all know who, if you've been in children's ministry, that with that type of mindset, the foundation does start crumbling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yep. you start crumbling with it. And I mean, but I think that we we have to be open. It's okay to have weaknesses. We all have weaknesses, but what's not okay is learning how to mitigate those. Yeah. Okay. I'm weak here, but this person is strong here. Let me come yeah. together with this person and get them to help, you know, with this. And I think practically in doing that, it's so easy, Lauren, for us to talk about doing these things without actually doing them. And I mm -hmm. think a practical way to actually get it done is actually write it down. Oh, get yeah. a calendar out. Okay. Write it in your calendar that this this on this day, this needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Write a write a week before that. Next week, this has to be done because the deadline is the following week. And yep. just putting that there to help to help kind of structure and to make sure you're actually getting these things done instead of just saying, hey team, let's do this. And everyone's like, Yeah, let's do it. And then nothing happened. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's great. So I wanted to go back to your spiritually dead chapter because mm -hmm. I thought that was so important to talk about. And I think sometimes kids ministry leaders wear the, well, I don't make it to church on Sunday morning as like a badge of honor. Yeah. And it's not like yeah. you should be sitting in church on a Sunday. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't happen every Sunday. Like I've been there. I was just talking to a ministry leader yesterday and I said, Hey, some seasons it's 10 times harder to get into church. And some seasons you're able to sit down for the entire service with your family or with your community and your what's happening in kids ministry is well taken care of. So there are seasons mm -hmm. where it's easier and harder, but it's not something that it's like, Oh, well, I haven't gotten into church in yeah. six months. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. That shouldn't be something that you're proud of. It should be something that you're working towards and trying to figure it out. And this yeah. quote, I like underlined it three times. I, it says, had I become so blinded by systems that I had forgotten about the transformative power of the spirit. Mm. And I just thought that was so um, profound in, because just like you were saying earlier, it's like, it's so easy to get caught up in what's happening in the ministry that yeah. you forget to either see what God is doing or yeah. acknowledge what he has done yeah. and yeah. continue to seek after what his will is for your ministry and for your leaders. And so I think it's crucial for the leader, but also as a leader of volunteers, this is also crucial for the volunteers. Yeah. And so how would you, because sometimes I, it's hard to keep track of volunteers and their spiritual walk. It's just hard. Yeah. It's something that yeah. doesn't often come up in conversation. Sometimes it can be a, an awkward conversation to be like, Hey, yeah. 
are you reading your Bible or how's your relationship yeah. with the Lord? And kind of over the past couple of weeks, I've had a lot of yeah. conversations about training your volunteers yeah. in theology and making sure that they feel confident to teach what's being taught to the kids. And yeah. how would you encourage a leader to say, hey, check in with your volunteers spiritually, not just that they know all of the procedures and policies of your ministry, but that they're trying to keep Jesus at the forefront. And so how would you encourage leaders to equip their volunteers and continue to invest in them spiritually? Yeah, I think um, in children's ministry, I am going to say, I think that we suck at making authentic (laughs) connections with people. And and we use this excuse of, I'm a slave to the children's ministry department. If I had more help, maybe I could go and and make relationships with people. And we keep becoming this hamster on a wheel. You know, I I had uh, one colleague, you know, a a children's pastor in a space, and he never went to church. And the number one thing he would always say, he, he had fed this lie to himself to to bring himself solace mm-hmm. in this reality that he was never getting poured into that is because I'm like the senior pastor of the children's ministry space. And this is why I'm always over here. And I'm right. like, no, that's yeah. not good. You need to be getting, you know, poured into. And I think that we need to get so much better at, at, at really nurturing our, mm-hmm. I think if we were better at nurturing our volunteers, we will find out that, we would have more space right. to actually go into the service. You know, I mentioned in the book, my friend Andre, and really part of what I do, I get to go to children's ministries across the country and, and analyze them and see what's going on. It's hard to go on a Sunday uh, when you are serving your local church. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was able to go and actually be there on a Sunday and really see what was going on. And I mentioned this in the book, I got to see kind of his system. And when I saw his system, I remember I'm like, man, so many people can grow from this. Can I please put this in my new book? Yeah, Because this is so important. And basically his system was every time a volunteer came to serve, he would begin to pray over that volunteer and began to really discern what it was that they needed. Every volunteer is not created the same. Mm-hmm. You can have some volunteers that come into your spaces where they could teach you about theology. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you're going to have some who you like, ooh, buddy, I don't know if you can ever be a teacher, but I will appreciate if you took the kids to the bathroom. Yeah. Or those brand new believers who just said yes to Jesus. Yeah. And they're like, now I want to like jump into kids ministry and serve. And you're like, great. Let's get you in like a Bible basics class. Yeah, where yeah, you can yeah. Learn things like yeah. that. And basically, he had these four quadrants on this board that he hid from every. The door is always mm-hmm. locked. We said, unlock this door. We want to see that board. <laughs> and it was these four quadrants where he was literally placing people's names mm. of, of when people came and where he thought they belonged. He thought that man, they really had um, leadership. Uh, capabilities to really lead. Uh, he, I mean, and these are the people, man, these people could be me if I couldn't yeah. be here. He had their name. He had people who he knew, like you were saying, Lauren, who are new to their faith, who needed a little more discipleship. They needed mm-hmm. to literally grow in their faith. He had yeah. a, he had a, a, a small group that he created. This mm-hmm. These people need to be in this small group. I'm going to send a personal invitation and invite these people over and we're going to have a small group and have and, and build authentic connections and, and through transparency yeah. and, and trust as they're growing in their faith. I'm going to help do that for these people. So I got these people who are born naturally born leaders and I'm feeding into them in a different way than I am these who need to be discipled. I, he, I mean, he had, he had these people over here who needed this? These people over here, who th- these these are not the leaders, but these are the people who you can call to assist, who have administrative skills. I mean, yep. he just separated them all into these quadrants, and he trained them accordingly. And I think training is such a huge issue, mm-hmm. which is why I've invested in my life in in pushing this message for for training leaders. Jesus did not come and and just say, "Hey, you come on over here," and. Yeah. And, and and follow me, and that was it. But he equipped them, and then he released them to go. And I think that we are so bad at that. I mean, for good. I, I'm not saying it's not uh be, for good reason. We we've had situations to where we have been we've been forced to put warm bodies in slots 
But I am telling you, that is not the way to go. Well, we don't have no volunteers and I don't have any choice. That Jesus, our our job is to follow the model of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. His model was to train and equip. And so often we like to put a shirt on somebody, kick them in, throw, throw them into the lion's den and say, yep. good luck. Yep. And then they leave. And this is what breaks my heart, Lauren. When people leave children's ministry, when God is like, dang, I sent them to you. Mm. I entrusted them into your care to yeah. nurture them and to equip them because I have a calling so much bigger in them and reaching the next generation that you can't even see. And yeah. I've given them to you. But because they haven't been equipped, because they haven't been empowered, because they haven't been discipled, because you, you're not intentional about building authentic relationships, whatever the reason is, because you're tired, whatever is going on in your life, mm-hmm. now they're leaving a space, believing that they that God sent them to, believing that they don't belong in it because yeah. they did not experience success in that because we as leaders did not do our job yeah. in making sure that they were equipped. And I'm just such a, a, a firm believer. I know it's work. It's work. Children's mm-hmm. ministry is work. <laughs> like I yeah. just, oh yeah, you can't get you can't get around that. It, it being in the ministry is work. It mm-hmm. is pouring out of yourself. Obviously, it's layers to it, and I talk about it so much in the book. The different layers we talk about burnout. We talk about protecting yourselves from burnout and all types of things. Obviously, there's layers to leadership, but I cannot sit here and act like it's it's not work. I can't mm-hmm. sit here and act like you're gonna have to deal with volunteers and people. And you have to talk to them and love on them. And you don't feel like loving on them. Yep. In fact, they drive you bananas. But you're still going to have to show the love of Christ to them. Yep. I, it, 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 I'm I'm going to say this because, you know, it's... Go for it. probably never going to listen to this. <laughs> you know, they, they're just in a different space. But, you know, someone asked me recently, hey, what's happening on, on this day? And I knew the Holy Spirit was like, invite them over. You have to invite mm. them over. And I'm like, but I don't want to invite them over. I don't want to cook for Easter. <laughs> I don't want anybody over. I'm tired after a yeah. Sunday. I just want to rest and relax with my family. And the Holy Spirit's like, I've called you to this. Yep. You will love these people. You will invite them over your over your house. Like I feel like I I am a hosting. Mm-hmm. East. I had no plans to host Easter. I am a now hosting. You are. And egg. A personal egg hunt at my house and a dinner. If you want to know my husband helps, he doesn't. Oh my goodness. The house is spotless on top of ministry because this is sometimes it happens like that. Yeah. But the, the beauty of that, the authentic relationships and, and connections that that, that that breeds and the rest that that gives you in the future, because you took the time to do that, it's just mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. So yeah. get to I work, y'all. I know. Get to work. And what what really stands out to me in that four quadrant thing that you were talking about that's also in your book is it's okay to do multiple smaller trainings because I feel like sometimes people want these big trainings with all of their volunteers and then they get frustrated when not everyone shows up. And it's like, well, what if you just did, again, those smaller bites of trainings and say, Hey, I know these people are ready to take the next step in their leadership. I'm going to invite them to have lunch with me after church on Sunday, and I'm going to train them. Or these people who really need that biblical knowledge, disciple, discipleship. Okay. I'm going to make sure that they're sitting at the same table for men's and women's Bible study or like all of these smaller spaces. Yeah. And try and loop them into what's already being, what's already going on in your church. Like one thing that I love to do with volunteers is invite them to participate in the Bible studies that are already happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't need to create something separate. Let's just jump in with what the church is doing. And so those smaller trainings can actually be way more beneficial than those two times a year, big trainings. Not everybody shows up and you're just, doing like surface level information yeah, instead yeah. of giving you the space with a smaller group of people to go deeper into what they actually need. Yeah. I just love that so much. And I think Lauren, people actually need love, you yeah. know, like nobody wants to be a part of a ministry. If they just feel like they're just another number, they're just another mm-hmm. volunteer. You, you only want me around because I help and yeah. I, I bring relief to you 
and you're able to do whatever, you know, um, nobody wants that. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody likes that. I have to say, um, my friend Debbie Rhodes, she is a dynamic children's pastor. And I, I love her because I love how she connects with her co-leaders. I mean, they they are always doing like this amazing stuff together. They are going on cruises together. They are going on mission trips together. They were at a like charcuterie board uh, party together in Nashville. And I they would are be on her team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And meet. And I mean, it is making, she they're just growing in their volunteer yeah. base because people want to be a part of that. Because oh, everybody yeah. wants to be loved and connected. They want her children's ministry team has become the cool kids club at the church and everybody wants to be a part of it. I want to learn That's how to talk to the teens. <laughs> I mean, she the called best. me the other day and it was so funny. Uh, Esther, my, my children's ministry team, we're all going on a mission trip together to serve other children in the Dominican Republic. And she's so funny. She tells me the story and, and she, she has just this great sense of humor. So I'm allowed to share this, but she said, um, I was talking to the guy about what he needs for us. And they said, we would love for you to come into this village and braid the children's hair. And she was like, absolutely. So she calls me. She's like, Esther, we're all white women. <laughs> we can't braid. Please oh, help me. <laughs> because these, these kids, their hair is, you know, yeah. it's just like my hair. She's like, do you know how to braid? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm a black woman. <laughs> She's like, please train our leaders. Oh, that's so, so funny. So my honest training is actually in two weeks. I am training a group of white women <laughs> on how to braid. <laughs> oh, hair. my goodness. Be the Who would have thought? I've ever done in ministry. <laughs> I said, oh. get those heads ready. And we are about to do this to the glory of God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is so funny. And that's just such a good example of building community. I always used to make the joke because at one church I was at, the student ministry team always had the coolest swag. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, not anymore. I was like, our kids ministry is going to have the better swag, the coolest shirts, the coolest like half zips. I was like, cause we, I want to be the cool club. I want to be the ones with the coolest swag that everybody wants, that everyone wants to join the team to get the cool things. And it's like, people want <laughs> to be a part of something that sounds fun. Yes. Yeah. Lauren, I, people make fun of me all the time. Well, my husband mostly. And I'm trying to explain to him why getting new Jordans every couple of weeks is a ministry. He has not caught on to the vision yet. Oh, <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I when, when I come in, I come in looking fresh. Like, I want some <laughs> kids to see me looking dope. and Because the message I carry is 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 so much bigger you yeah. know and not just to them but to those who are watching like man Esther seemed really cool I think I want to be a part of the children's ministry team here mm-hmm. she just always got the smile on her face she always looked fresh to death like I want them to think like that when they see me and it was so funny because I serve at our local church I'm not the children's pastor at our local church I serve and I work closely alongside her but I remember I practice everything I, I write in these books and I remember I came in I had on I mean I had on the camo pants I made sure that my hoodie matched my cherry red Jordans and yes. I remember and obviously I prepared for the lesson and I wanted to make sure it was really good but I remember a little girl whispering on the side I heard her whispering she was like she was talking to her friends and it was like free time. And she was like, Miss Esther is just so fresh. <laughs> and I remember I looked at her and then she turned away really fast. But in my oh, head, my I goodness. was like, you better believe it. But the message I carry is even fresher. So make sure you lean in and listen. And oh, I know that's that they're so leaning in and they're listening more because I'm being intentional with my image. And it, yeah. because I care the image. Of, of of Christ. So I yeah. want to make sure when I come into a space that I come in with the spirit of excellence. The same thing is, is in a lot. I talk a lot in the book about senior leadership, mm-hmm. Lauren, and how important it is to be able to work well with yep. senior leadership, to understand the mannerisms of your senior leadership. Stop trying to change senior leadership. They are oh, who yeah. they are. <laughs> yep. Receive it and learn how to speak to them where they are so that you as the ambassador of the children's ministry can get what you need, you know, and, and not just that, so that you can have a healthy relationship. The the enemy wants us to be divided. He wants us to feel like we're on an Island mm-hmm. all by ourselves. Our, I serve senior leadership where the senior pastor always came correct. He always had on his suit. 
So guess what? Sometimes I had to take off the Jordans and I made sure I had on a college shirt and high heels when yep. I came into a, a meeting just throughout the week because I needed to make sure that I was a respected voice at that table. And if part of getting that respect for this, the culture of this church was coming in in a pair of high heels, mm-hmm. I was going to do that. So, yeah. I mean, it's just so many layers when it comes oh, yeah. to leadership. Yeah. So as I was reading your book, there's this whole section about good enough and how good enough is not enough. Like you, you can strive for more than just good enough. And sometimes people in a leadership position are doing the things they're improving. They're taking the steps in the right direction and it's easy to swing towards perfection. So how do you balance not holding on to, oh, well, this room is good enough and this curriculum is good enough and not swinging towards this has to be perfect. What does that balance look like? How do you find a happy medium of sitting in this excellent piece, but Mm -hmm. not burning out because you want everything to be perfect? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And I think that that is in the outdated chapter. I think I Mm -hmm. I in the outdated chapter uh, with the good enough. And I know that because I remember when I was writing that chapter, it was driving me crazy. Like I just, it was a hard, and I wrote that in the book. It was the hardest chapter for me to get through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep. Lord, is this book even possible? Because we're still at the beginning and I can't even get this on the page. Yeah. And I remember walking and talking to the Lord. I took a four mile walk and I walked and I was just talking to the Holy Spirit the whole time. I said, help me. I'm struggling with this, this outdated chapter. And part of it, the Holy Spirit revealed to me because I was coming from a place where I was trying to be an expert without being transparent about my struggles with being balanced and mm-hmm. wanting things to change or or being too tired to change anything. This this just seems okay. I mean, the kids yep. seem happy to uh feeling powerless to change anything because of church politics or whatever was going on in the church. And the Lord spoke to me. And and, and that's how why I ended that chapter like that because the Lord had had, had spoke to me of be transparent about that because there's children's ministry leaders across the country who are going through that, that there is a good enough spirit that is floating around Mm -hmm. the body of Christ, not just in children's ministry, but, you know, I speak to children's ministers, (laughs) but it is this good enough spirit in children's ministry that is, that is going around is making people feel like this is good enough. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's fine. It's it's good enough. And it's not good enough. Our children deserve more our our calling i now write this in the book requires superior leadership and superior le- leadership does not just say good enough now how do we get to a place where we don't kill ourselves trying to be perfect i think we have to get over ourselves yeah i'm i don't know about you lauren this is a struggle i deal with in every area of my life in motherhood i'm trying to be perfect you know, and it 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 kills me, you know, trying to be perfect. And uh, the kids are still whiny <laughs> and nobody said I slaved over this dinner and you're yep. not going to eat it. Do you know how busy yep. I am? <laughs> you know, and I mean, just it's just so much. And I think that we really have to get over ourselves, learn how to take like we were talking about those little bites of the uh, elephant, those little pieces at a time and and celebrate ourselves and celebrate those small wins mm-hmm. that we had and say yep. okay i can the but it's not in the budget it's not for so many churches it's not going to be in the budget to completely transform your your space your ministry right. space it, it, it is just it's just not if that's what you're getting out of this chapter you're not getting the heart of this chapter right. but it may be in the budget to replace the the rusted chairs it may it may Maybe it's in the budget to get brand new crayons because mm-hmm. all your crayons are broken in the basket and you yep. know they're trash and, yeah. and, and it looks outdated and, and just like not done with the spirit of excellence. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where you start. Maybe yeah. you can start there. You know, and I think that that's okay. And I think that we struggle giving ourselves grace. Mm-hmm. We, we, we teach this gospel of grace, but in leadership and ministry, we struggle showing ourselves that grace and, and, and having balance and doing baby steps, you're not going to be able to change 
everything. And if you go to senior leadership, I need this change. Yeah, that's All not going to go now, for it. It's outdated. This is messed up. This is messed up. You're going to overwhelm them. Yeah. You, they're going to think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Your, your voice is going to be diminished to them because they're going to think you're nuts. Yeah. This is not the budget to do this. But if little, little by little, you take little, little bites, little, and this is what knowing what else is going on, right? You know, in the ministry, because we struggle in children's ministry, making it all about children's ministry, and it's not just about your ministry. No, <laughs> but just just being intentional with the the small bites, the small changes, and celebrating those small changes. And when senior leadership approves a small change, share it at the table. I just want to stop and thank you. Because we really needed these crayons. We really yeah. needed these chairs. And so-and-so came in. Or the maintenance guy. We were having issues with the lights. And he came in. And it was so bright and so amazing. And we were able to see. And I want to say thank you. Be a grateful leader yeah. when you are able to make these little changes. And just celebrate it. Little by little, it will happen over time. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that as leaders, there's a difference between doing something with excellence and doing something the way that I would have done it. Because with volunteers, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be exactly how you wanted it to go. A lead teacher volunteer is going to teach something differently, but that doesn't mean it's not excellent. Yeah. So I think it's important to remember. I love, I love the celebrate small wins. And I think that's so important And that goes with your volunteers too, of saying, hey, I loved how you taught that lesson. Mm. And it's maybe not my teaching style, but boy, were those kids, were those fourth grade boys in the back of that (laughs) paying attention. And that is a win. And everybody amen to those fourth and fifth grade boys. (laughs) (laughs) Because I do not want the fourth and fifth grade boys. I know. They're crazy. (laughs) No, me neither. Oh gosh, that's so good. Okay, so our last question we always ask is if you were talking to someone brand new in kids ministry, what would be your words of encouragement or advice? Oh man, someone absolutely brand new. I would say you can do this. I always say this, you got this. And it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. I think that we put too much on ourselves. Oh, we do. And and I'm saying, I'm, I'm making that noise because I do it to myself all the time and I forget that God is over this whole thing. You mm-hmm. think that it's an accident that you are in that position, that you are in that place that God has put you in. I, I posted this the other day on my page because it, it would just, it hit my spirit so strong that God has appointed you to be in that place because that church needs what God has put in you to offer it. And yep. so often, the first thing we do when we're new to children's ministry, we get into a space, we want to do such a good job. We start comparing ourselves to, to these people over here, or maybe to the person who had the position before who was so good at this, or this person over here, or 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 these people's expectations over here that we lose ourselves, that mm-hmm. we don't get to know who we are in this position. So uh, my encouragement is to get to know you. Take mm-hmm. out, you need that. That's vital time. Get to know you and and the reason God put you in that place. Lauren, my, one position I had, I remember I, I followed an engineer. She, I'm not, I'm not an engineer at all. And she was very much at, I mean, she had files for days, file cabinets, superstructure. And I was not that, but everyone had expected that because that's who she was. Mm-hmm. So instead of leaning into why they hired me, because they didn't, they didn't want that. They wanted a joy bomb. They was wanted somebody who would ignite a fire in that children's ministry department and would be a light. And they saw that in me. But instead of me shining my light, I had wasted so many of my hours trying to be an engineer. Yep. <laughs> and be just as good as her. Yep. I was losing myself. You are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Be bold, be brave. Be who you are. Let your light shine, what God has put in you, and trust him. Trust yeah. him for the rest of it. Trust him for the rest. He's got to put him in the center. Put him in the center of it all. Lauren, I used to have this drawer 
in my in my uh, desk and I loved it. I had an office, shut the door, close the blinds. And I would, it was my prayer. It was like a prayer, children's ministry prayer journal. And any need that I had, you know, I would write, I would write in mm. it. God, we really need help in the second grade classroom this week and we are struggling, but I trust you. This is not my yep. ministry, this is yours. And I would just wait on you. And I would, and I would put that back in there and then I would open up the blinds and open up the door. And God always provided I, yep. I can honestly say I I never struggled. He he always showed up because I gave the ministry to him. And he his provision was just absolutely incredible. So trust God, be who you are, and trust God for the rest of it. He's he's got yeah. this. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so encouraging. I love that so much. So we're gonna put the link in the show notes to where people can buy your most recent book. Where else? And I can tell you've been reading it, Lauren, because your pages are crinkled oh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got like a underline, things written down, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I read that mostly in the car because we've been traveling quite a bit as a family, but I read it. It was so good. Um, so we're going to make sure we put links in the show notes to where people can buy it, where people can follow you and stay up to date with awesome. all the crazy things that you're doing. And I'm just so excited. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was so fun to talk to you. Oh my goodness. Yes, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. And and you guys for taking out the time in your day to listen to this awesome podcast with this absolutely amazing leader in the space. (laughs) Well, thank you. That's very sweet. Friends, I just love that conversation with Esther so much. I feel like we could have chatted for hours about all the things, kids ministry, leadership, volunteers, training, all of the fun things. And so I hope this conversation was encouraging for you. I hope that you feel challenged and equipped to assess your leadership and become not only a better follower of Jesus, but a better leader for where God has placed you in this season right now. And so I'm so grateful for Esther for taking the time to jump on the podcast with me today. If you would like to learn more about how to connect to Esther, how to find her books, how to get her entire collection of books, you can head to the show notes. All of them are listed there and you can click and get your copy today. As always, to keep this conversation going, you can head over to our social media pages, Instagram and Facebook at Kids Ministry Circle and join the conversation over there. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.